you know, with growth comes growing pains. When you're growing, it's painful. This is Growing Pains with Annie. I'm excited to, you know, grow with you guys. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Um, and I'm really glad this all worked out because, guys, Lauren is currently in New York City, living it up in the Big Apple. The Red Apple. Oh my God. The Big Apple. That's what they call it, right? I think so. I'm Something so glad Apple. to be back. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. So if she sounds weird, that's because we're currently on FaceTime with each other. Um, yeah. And I don't know how John hooked everything up, but, you know, he's a podcasting genius when it comes to that. Can't gas him up too much. He'll get a big head about it. But so it's <laughs> I'm so glad it worked out, though, because, you know, you reached out to me about this topic and it's one I'd been meaning to record but it is like a sensitive topic too. We're going to be talking about, you know, disordered eating. And I think it's so important because it's something that I've gone through. And I think like when you reached out and you're like, hey, this is like a really important topic that people need to like talk about more. And yeah. I was like, I wanted someone I'd, I'm really comfortable with and someone who I knew is good on a podcast and, you know, could have a good conversation about it. And so when you're like, hey, would you want to talk to me about it? I was like, heck yeah, Lauren, let's do it. I'm so flattered that I was like good enough to come back. Um, yeah, first so I'm glad to be here. Oh yeah. Now, now I'm a regular consistent podcast guest apparently. No, but I thought that this would be something it's important to talk about because I think eating disorders and disordered eating, like they're slowly becoming more like prominently talked about in media and like more aware, but there are certain aspects that I feel like are neglected. And I feel like on a personal level, like hearing someone's story and just hearing how they get through it it can only help yeah um and it's like it's such a hard thing that so many people are like our age deal with that's still like has such a huge stigma around it and I'm just glad that we can have like a discussion about it yeah so let's give us I mean you've been on before but say someone clicks on this episode (laughs) purely because of the topic give us like a more detail about who you are Yes. So, um, well, my name is Lauren, as um, said before, but I'm currently taking a gap year before I start at the University of Pennsylvania in the fall, which is super exciting. Um, and this year has just kind of been a whirlwind of like doing different, doing different things, trying out different jobs, but also like reflecting upon myself, yeah. um, trying to like, like open up um, more and like try and deal with some of my own issues that I've had and you know, I'm a very usually busy person. So this year when having to take a step back and slow down, it has um, uncovered a lot of like issues that I had buried. Yeah. And I think that's can be said is true for a lot of people, especially around our age. Cause how old are you? Well, I mean, you're about to start college. So you're I am 18 years old. I'm like motioning towards the like laptop, like insert age, Lauren. <laughs> insert age. It, yes. So I'm still very, I'm still very young. Uh, I'm barely an adult, but I'm, yeah, I'm almost 19. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I'm, I'm almost 19 and um ready to start college, honestly. But yeah. um I'm ready to finish just, college, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I really hope that you do that at some point sometime <laughs> soon. Like, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I know that this is a place of genuine, like, I'm rooting for you. Because Lauren's one of the people I call when um, college kind of kicks my butt. Uh, and and if you listen to her last episode, she really called me out on how appalling my study habits are. And she's like, yeah, I really don't know how you've made it this far, Annie. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad that you're, you know, we've, um, Lauren and I met because we worked on a political campaign together. And then she's joined the Growing Pains with Annie team. And she, if you see any Instagram posts, most likely was Lauren. <laughs> and so you've become like this vital part of our team. And we come to you for so much of your wisdom and guidance when it comes to marketing and social media and next steps and you know, we've cultivated a friendship, even though I, I tried very hard not to. I was like, I'm not here for friends, people. Uh, but somehow, Lauren, oh, yeah. you just snuck in. Oh, yeah. 
I, I snuck in and now we're friends. It feels so weird because like it, the campaign feels like a million years ago, Yeah, but it was just like, like six or eight months. Yeah. But like, right. It feels like forever ago. I know, but we have cultivated this friendship and like we, it's real. Like we talk about like, we go beyond service level of like, Oh my God, like how was your day today? Yeah. Like we talk about like things that are on our mind and yeah. things that are going on. Well, and even like our very first day of working together, I gave you like, the, I don't even, I don't really remember it. You really remember it, but I gave you like a ton of okay. life advice. You just like opened up and I'm someone, um, and friends can attest to this. I hate surface level. Yeah. Part of yeah, my definitely. whole podcast is like, tell me the hardest thing you've gone through and how you've grown from it. And so like, and so for the first day for Lauren to just be sitting there and then just like open up about her whole life, it was crazy. And I was like, this is, this is someone (laughs) that I can be real with. And I, and I really don't remember much of those conversations, but I know you did. And I think that's really what made us friends is the fact that you, you came in and you're like, this is what's happening. And I was like, (laughs) great, here's, here's how I've gone through that. And here's, you know, what I learned from it. And maybe that can help you. And so having you on is kind of perfect because that's exactly what this podcast is. Yeah. And so many of your episodes have truly like given me advice and inspiration, like going like even the episode that was like about traveling at a young age, she truly was the reason um, for me. That's why she's in New York. That's why I'm in New York this month. That's why I like decided to go travel. Um, And I don't regret my decision to travel. And she you give good advice. Um, you are good at this, which I'm sure I want that as know. the ringtone for um, if John, if you can just clip that and I can put that as <laughs> Lauren's ringtone for my phone. I'm on it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you are good at this. You give good advice. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's not like you needed a confirmation from me, but oh, I did. I did. I, <laughs> um, but I truly like you now with especially going to New York and like really making this big decision for myself. It it just shows like how impactful this podcast is. Yeah. And I think that, oh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I think the more that I like really, you know, brains, I guess brainstorm ideas and topics and, you know, talk to people about, you know, the things that people have gone through, it gets deeper and deeper. And the more I'm reflecting on myself of like, oh, shoot, like I, I've gone through that too. And like, that's crazy. And it's not just something that someone else has gone through, but like my own, my own experiences too. And so when, you know, talking about eating disorders and disordered eating, which the reason I always like, I always refer to my own experience as disordered eating was because I'd never really fit into the bubble of like any one eating disorder. I like, (laughs) and I'm very good at emotional deflection, deflecting. So I always like make the joke of like, ah, I just wasn't, you know, I was too lazy to commit to one altogether. So I just tried them all. <laughs> and which is like a funny way to present the fact that like in my teens, I really struggled with like trying everything. And, you know, I like there's definitely like I think that like there's certain ones that were more consistent and that I followed fall more into. But so for me, I always consider what I went through as like disordered eating and I still like you know it's something you struggle with and we'll like get more into like the actual definitions of like the different like eating disorders and because I feel like people just you know put this blanket term of like oh eating disorder and they think it's just like when a girl wants to be skinny or 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 anyone when like anyone wants to be skinny because it's like we had a guest on Aaron and he talked about his own experience a little bit with having an eating disorder and it's not it's not just girls that's another stigma that people have very true it affects guys just as much but it's just not talked about right john pulled up this um this stat yeah yeah i was doing a little bit of research um and i found an article that was really interesting um i'll I'll put the link down below but uh, originally, it, it, I was looking at a different article when we were prepping for this episode, and it said 9% of the population worldwide struggle with an eating disorder of, of some sort and some variants. And then it was saying 9% of Americans as well 
specifically, which is like 28.8 million people in the U.S., struggle with eating disorders. And then I was even looking, I was looking at a separate article. Again, I'll post both of them down in the link below if you want to look at them. But um, from 2020, from the year 2000 to 2018, the increase went from 3.4% to 7, 7.8% just in those 18 years, it's gone up almost double. And then you know, from now, from 2018 to now, uh, it's gone from 7.8 to to 9%. Yeah. So yeah, it's been steadily growing. Wow. That's crazy. And I mean, the more, the more I share my own experiences with things like this, the more I realize how many people I know who have gone through it. And so you reaching out and if you want to kind of give like, I don't know, like a little background of your, of like your own experience. Yeah. Like just so, like a, a quick and then I can do the same. Yeah. So I was pretty young when I developed an eating disorder. I didn't really realize until years later, but I was around in like sixth, seventh and eighth grade, but really it started when I was like in sixth grade. Um, and I, you, we didn't, no one saw it. I was like a chubbier kid. And so like losing yeah. weight and going through puberty at that time, like no one really thinks about it, but I was eating an apple a day, literally, and working out insane amounts. I I remember that on our sixth grade science trip, I we had gone on a hike in like uh, on the middle of like a very hot day in California, and I had worn like long pants and a sweatshirt to try and sweat more. Yeah, so it would like be worth it in a bigger workout. I think Um, too, because you said you were how old? Sixth grade, I was like 12. So sixth grade to 12. So I'm, oh man, I'm going to try to do this math right on the fly. And I'm what, like. It's not your strong suit. Math is not your strong suit. Five years older than you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so if you're in sixth grade, I'm what, like in high school at some point? Yeah. Junior in high school. So, but in that, like, I feel like that's when it was starting to be talked about of like, you know, the awareness of eating disorders. I remember watching something about how ballerinas, you know, struggled yeah. a lot with anorexia. Um, and anorexia, I, I mean, John could pull up the actual definition of it, but I know my own knowledge of it is um, food restriction, basically. It's like restricting yeah. yourself in order to, you know, achieve a certain body per- fat percentage or... Yeah. Um uh, an eating disorder causing people to obsess about weight and what they eat. Yeah. Characterized as distorting body image, distorted body images, it looks like. Yeah. So I definitely had a little bit of that, but I also, I believe it's called orthorexia where it's like, it has to do with like being like addicted to exercise or like yeah. needing to exercise. That was like, especially like in seventh grade, like there was just so many memories that like me and my friends laugh at because I was, you know, in seventh grade, like in PE and gym, there'd be yeah. that one kid who would run, oh run my. from the bathroom. You were the kid I hated. <laughs> I, I was the kid who ran because I was like, oh, I need to burn the calories. Yeah. I to, See, I, I was the kid who like walked exercise. because I felt so bad at myself for not being good at running. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm doing this to rebel. It's not because I'm going to be really winded after the mile. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because all these like ver- behaviors were like, staring us right in the face but i we were literally prepubescent teens yeah. like no one really noticed it's only until like years later where i could really i was like talking about it with a friend and she made it aware to me like uh, this was like a serious problem and like yeah. no one else knew how to deal with it and like we didn't yeah and no one realized until i was kind of over it like how severe it actually was yeah for for me i the first i can really remember like purposely trying to lose weight and restricting what I ate and you know like having more of like a disordered eating mindset was eighth grade and yeah you know and I remember like those similar things of like there was I would look up Pinterest hacks on how to like lose weight and you know all these things and I think it's it's like a lot of people I feel like are going to wonder like, oh, well, what, well, like, what was the triggering, triggering thing? Like, how can you keep yourself from like starting this path? And the reality is like, I, you know, like it, it doesn't really matter at that point. Like it's kind of society in the world. And 
like the stat earlier, we're not the only people who have kind of fallen into this, you know, cycle and nor are we going to be the last. And I'm sure that we're going to know people in the future who are going to struggle with it and starting at younger ages or older ages, you know? Um, yeah. But I remember yeah. <laughs> to like speaking on the, like trying to like sweat. I remember <laughs> um, watching some movie and I think it's, Oh shoot. It, it's silver linings playbook. I want to say, and Bradley mm. Cooper runs in like a full sweatsuit with a garbage bag over to like, try to like, lose weight and I don't even know why he's trying to lose weight but I remember thinking like that's genius and I would do it but I would just like (laughs) so outing myself I would just like run around my like house because I didn't want to like I'm like you look ridiculous I don't want other people to see me but like let's try it (laughs) uh it's I mean like the things that we do yeah things that we do and the thing is like it was it wasn't talked about you know, like, and so it yeah. was, it was more normalized. And especially like, I remember growing up in this time of like, Oprah and Dr. Oz and like, the ma- the magazine articles were like, how to drop 10 pounds in 10 days and how to, you know, like, that's what it was. These Crazy. crash diets were like, what were being marketed to our parents and to like, you know, the teenage girls ab- above us. And like, I think of what I was struggling through in high school, and I was those teenage girls for you. And I knew yeah. how many of my classmates were going through it and how many of, you know, the links that people were going through in my community. And, like, I, I remember, like, people, like, girls truly, like, friends of mine just passing out from not eating. And it was just a thing. Yeah. It was like, haha, I passed out in PE today. And it was just a thing. Like, it was just normal because none of us were eating and none of us were talking about it. Yeah, it ran the same time. It's funny. I look back at now. I'm kind of just realizing it as we're like talking about <laughs> You're it. Like, oh shoot. Um, no, I like would I would um like I get lightheaded in sh- like in the shower. Yeah. Um. I I don't get it get lightheaded now, but for like four years, I literally couldn't like stand in the shower for very long, um, because it was like too hot. That's probably because I was not eating anything and like couldn't yeah. stand for long periods of time. Just realizing that now. Yeah. And I, kind of like you were just saying, is I didn't realize how how truly like heartbreaking my mindset was and, you know, what I thought of myself and like the experience I was going through until I told someone like a couple years ago and I was explaining like my own experience with health and, you know, like eating disorders and all this stuff. And she cried. (laughs) <laughs> she literally started crying. She's like, oh, my gosh, Annie, that is so sad. And I was like, ah, uh, it's not that sad. Like, what? And then, like, I had to do this, like, real hardcore, like, no, like, no, like, no eighth grader, no middle schooler, no sixth grader should be trying to, like, make themselves thinner. And I remember I read a, I, like, I would read these. <laughs> I'm really just exposing myself today. I would read these teen <laughs> romance novels. It was, like, the only way my mom could get me to read is if she got me some, like, cheesy like teen romance book from Barnes and Noble about like the boy next door and they'd fall in love uh, all that stuff and I remember one and it had a girl with an eating disorder in it where she was like she was living off of um cubes of bread and she would be running on the treadmill and eventually she ended up in the hospital because she passed out on the treadmill and like and like it goes back and forth from her and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's like holding her and he's like I can't believe I didn't realize how skinny she's gotten I don't know the plot of this book at all this is the part I remembered because I remember thinking like this how messed up it was I remember thinking oh my gosh I should try that cubes of bread and running on the treadmill like genius it's so heartbreaking from the outside to hear like now I guess like when you're outside of it you're like literally what what logic yeah do you think that's like that's sane um and it's like oh, it's hard and especially kind of going back a little bit but like when you mentioned triggers it doesn't matter like what triggered the eating disorder but like what tri- I guess what um what you're looking for now because like I can kind of remember what triggered it like yeah. at the beginnings but now when I think when I'm struggling it's all about control and the yeah. fact that I don't have it that's what it's come down to and it's just like a it's a scary place and the way where my head goes it's it's not okay it's not good yeah and and I can I can definitely relate to that because 
I I'll think that I'm like because if if you ask me now, I would say like, oh no, I I don't like have an eating disorder, but I I still struggle with it. Like there, it, once you kind of find comfort in it, when you start losing control, you go for your comfort zones, and that has become a comfort zone of mine. And and I'll catch myself because I it was my logic for so long that made so much sense of like, okay, my stomach hurts. Like this was something I remember learning at a very young age of like. Oh, well, if your stomach hurts, that's good because it means that your body's burning the fat. So like hunger pains, I thought were like me losing weight. And so into this day, like I'll feel a hunger pain. And there's times where like when I'm out of control and I'm like, like having a horrible week where like something happens and I just go and I'll be like super hungry and I'll forget to eat because that's what something that happens to now is like when I'm stressed, I will like purposely forget to eat. Like that was my like backup back in the day. Um, it's funny that you brought up like kids because I was just reading this on uh, the same article that I pulled stats from earlier, but it says 42% of first to third grade girls want to be thinner. 81% of 10 year old children are afraid of being fat. 46 of nine to, to 11 year olds are sometimes or very often on diets. 35 to 57 of adolescent girls engage in crash dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, things like that. Yeah. And even said on a college campus survey, 91% uh, percent of women admitted to controlling their weight through dieting. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy yeah. six stats there. I remember in third grade. terrible. Oh, yeah. I remember. That's, that's terrible. In third grade, they um they had us all do our weights. Like they, it was like you in fifth grade and at least in California in fifth grade, you do um, the presidential fitness exam, at least when I was like a kid and you like, you had to go and they like just recorded all your weights and everything. And it was just you and the nurse. Like there weren't other people around, but I remember cause I was, first of all, I was tall. I haven't like really grown since like the sixth grade. I'm pretty much the same height I was then. Like I was a very tall child. Um, and oh. I was, I was a chubbier kid. And I remember I was 122 pounds in fifth grade. And I just like remember thinking in my mind, I don't know, maybe that that seems high. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but it was 100 and something. And I remember thinking like, if I just stay this weight forever, by the time I'm an adult, I'll be really skinny. Like as if I could, like, could have just like kept it, you know, like oh, if I just stay the same weight I was in the fifth grade, like no problems. No, I remember I don't have like a... I remember like when I was that age, um, I remember like when I was shopping in like adult clothing and yeah. all my friends were shopping in kids clothing and I was like, what's wrong? And then yeah, I was so bad, but I had like a similar like weight thing when we in like seventh grade when we had to weigh, but I was so in the thick of my eating disorder that I remember I didn't eat the day that we were going to weigh. And I was like, I, I need to weigh in at 79 pounds. I was like five, I was like five foot. Yeah, maybe four eleven though. But like, still, I remember being like so proud of myself that I got into the seventies. Yeah. I was like, I'm seventy nine, and that's, that's like that's insane. heartbreaking. Yeah, and it what's like so sad is that they've been able to do, you know, studies that have consistently shown that for years. You know that this is something that people are struggling with, and it's like we were saying, like it it comes down. I think when you're younger, it's like when you're at that young age, at least for me, it's like you're mimicking. So you're you're doing you're and you're like repeating what you're seeing in like social media or you're seeing like, you know, like what you're seeing like parents struggle with or older siblings struggle with or like older cousins, you know, yeah. and you're like mimicking what they're doing and like the things that they're prioritizing. And I've even noticed that in myself of like, I'll say something to like I I'm um I volunteer with high school students and I'll say something and like a couple weeks later someone will say something and I'm like no like I'll say like oh my gosh yeah like I ate so much today or I like um like oh my gosh yeah like ex a little extra like chubby chub you know or like some comment and then they say it like a couple weeks later I'm like don't talk about yourself like that and they like pull it back of like well Annie you talk like you said that last week and I'm like hmm yeah that's true huh like they're like it's they so pick up on it. And then I think, yeah. you know, like the older you get, the more it turns into like kind of that safety net and that control thing, like we were saying of like yeah. now it's a comfort zone. And now it's something that like if you can't control the t outcome on your test, you can at least control how much you ate today. Exactly. And I don't know, going back to like how it affects other people, it's hard because 
you know, I feel like every day it's, you make a choice to like be healthy today and like to think about it. And that's for, at least for me, it's not like a passive thing. It's always going to be an active, like everyday choice. Yeah. Um, but one thing that like gets, there are like certain things that like I think about to like keep me like healthy mentally and like physically. But one thing that I realized in talking about and being more open about my eating disorder and just like talking about it with friends is that I've fully negatively affected many of people. Like my best friend told me that I, that she, her body image was destroyed by me saying how much I hated myself Yeah, and that how that affected her. And another instance of where my friend literally was like, thought I was saving calories, started mimicking my behavior of taking the cheese off of my pizza yeah. to try and be skinnier. And that's, terrible like you it's so clear to other people to me like now that like that's ridiculous behavior why would you do that yeah but then it's just I don't know it's so like heartbreaking to hear how your own messed up ways can just hurt other people yeah and I think too like for me I I would say that my not not necessarily like the start. Well, I guess yeah, like the start of mine was more mimicking what I was seeing other places. So like in that case, like my disordered eating like really started by other people's own like body image issues, and like seeing that and being around that and being like, oh shoot, like if they don't like them, like I'm bigger than them. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't like me. But I also think like, you know, having like gone through it, I remember being like 19 and I was I was living in Washington, D.C. and having, you know, a friend and I'm I'm someone who I'm very I it took a long time, but I'm very comfortable with my body. I'm very I love it. I don't I don't want to change it. And I don't you know, like and that took a very long time to get to that point. And, you know, and I remember someone saying and it was this girl who. She was like an avid runner. She would run and she was like a good friend of mine living out there. And she would run like 10 miles a day. She was a cross country runner for her college. And I remember we were in, shout out Nordstrom Rack. You should give us a sponsor. We were in Nordstrom Rack. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> I spend way too much money at Nordstrom Rack. Oh my God. Uh, I love Nordstrom Rack so more than any other store. Right? It's maybe TJ Maxx. Maybe TJ oh, Maxx. But oh, I love both it. Both of you sponsor us. But we're standing <laughs> and she was trying on shoes for some dress she needed. And I remember it was like me and another friend. And she goes, Oh, like look at like look at the cellulite on my legs. That's like hideous. I, I want to just get rid of that. And me and this other girl are like, you have one little dimple and cellulite. It's like, um, it's, it's funny. Cause it almost people like talk about it as if it's like almost like a, like a disease kind of thing. It's just dimples. Like it's dimples in your skin and within the fat of your legs. That's like, that's all it yeah. really is. It's dimples in, in your skin. Like that's it. And, um, yeah. she's like, I have this one, like this one little piece of cellulite, this one dimple and I want to get rid of it. And, and I remember my other friend, Mohini, like literally calling her out and being like, what are you talking about? Like, if you're saying that about you, think of how we feel. Like, <laughs> we have cellulite and we're not like, we're not running five miles a day trying to get rid of it. Like, and she's like, oh, yeah. like, no, like, it's not what I meant. And, and the reality is she, it isn't what she meant. Like, she was just feeling bad about herself and she wanted her friends to support her. And she wasn't thinking of like, if I present this as such a bad thing like what are they going to think about in their own lives you know yeah it's it's so hard especially and like that's the wake-up call that people need though because no one uh, no good person is like oh I I don't care about my friends yeah it it's one thing to do it for yourself like that's what you need to do but like nothing hurts more than hurting the people that you care about. Yeah. And I remember with my experience of that, of I, I've always assumed that because other people are skinnier than me, that they're fine with their bodies. You know, like there's (laughs) Lauren laughs. She's like, "Hmm, yeah. But so I never, like, I didn't even think that if you had a low body fat percentage that you could be up unhappy with your body like that was nothing that even crossed my mind and I remember um 
Brinley, she's been on the podcast. She was actually one of our last episodes. Um, she's been on the podcast multiple times. She, she, I had made some comment, not even meaning anything to her. And I had made some comment, like I held up some, I don't even know. It was like a, like a, a, like a shirt for a dog, like a little chihuahua. And like, just jokingly like, oh, Brindley, like I found your size. Not, not even like meaning it as a comment to her actual size. It was like a joke. Cause like no one could fit in it. And I remember later on, we had this conversation where she was like, yeah, that like really like that sucks. And I remember her saying that and presenting that to me and being like, yeah, if someone held up a like shirt for a freaking elephant and was like, Annie, I, f- I found your size, like, or even like the same thing, like, like even the, the dog one, it's like, oh yeah, it's funny. Cause like, I, I can't fit in that, but like you're commenting on my yeah. body and I was yeah. like, wow, like I, yeah, like that sucked. Tough. And you like, you don't think of it in those ways and you don't think of how like even like a, a small comment is going to affect someone. And I remember that was like the day that I really was like, wow, my words and my my own like jokes, because the reality was like I was joking about it, but like I was joking at it about it probably out of like a place of like deflection and insecurity and that like people yeah. see through that. Yeah. And even like 100%. when you're coming to people with like the quote unquote, like, oh, I'm coming to like, you know, seek refuge in a friend and have this conversation of like, oh, shoot, like I have like cellulite on my legs. Like it's it's going to affect them, too. Yeah, it's so hard. But after like hearing and like, I don't know, seeing the effects of other people, my own behaviors, it makes me so one aware, but two, like it makes me want to get better for myself. And that's like the real transition of like, uh, I'm now like better. It started out being for the people around me, but now in order to be better for the people around me, I have to be better for myself. And I have to, I actively have to change my mentality about how I feel about myself. I don't have to love my body every single day, but I have to accept it and like be content and be like, this is who I am this is my body. Yeah. And like, it's easier than some days than others because I also, I have a lot of my self-worth rooted in my vanity and beauty and my size. And so as much as I wish I didn't, um, I just have to like keep a strong mentality and just think like people don't like me for who I am as a person or they don't like my body or they don't think I'm pretty enough then just yeah whatever I have to think of it it's just like fuck them all (laughs) excuse excuse my language no it's fine we're keeping it (laughs) Uh, nice right the swearier (laughs) the swear the swear barrier I love it we just did that on the last weekend with the podcast Oh, he, no, just, I, he, just plugged, he just plugged his other show real quick. It's, he was like, it's on the, the network. Podcast. It's the network. Oh my, oh my other show was doing that. While we're plugging everyone, we should, you should all follow all of our podcasts. What oh, podcast, all of our podcasts. Follow the new Albright Entertainment Instagram account as well as Growing Pains with Annie. You are, you are I would be much appreciated. <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> Podcast promotion specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Sorry, back, back to the, but back to the, tough back to the topic, um, the serious topic of eating disorders. But, but one of the things <laughs> super that super, super casual, just freaking out back. <laughs> super casual. But, um, one of the things that I really, and like, I've also realized too, with my own journey in it, the things that are going to help you through it, isn't necessarily what's going to help your friend through it. Isn't necessarily what's going to help your sister through it, your cousin through, you know, it really is like a personal journey. It's personal oh, 100%. growth. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I, I move my leg. I'm just kicking a bunch of things. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> but um, and for me, like I had this moment and it really wasn't until I started watching, you know, like I remember like a YouTube video and it was these two friends and they wrote down like their inner thoughts about themselves and gave them to each other to read to them. And this one time, this and they, and they both start crying, and the friend is looking at her, this card, and she starts crying, 
And the other friend's like, what does it say? Because she, I mean, she wrote them all down. She just didn't know which one it was. And she goes, I hate sitting in a room with a tight shirt because I'm afraid that everyone's looking at the the fat on my back. And the other girl starts crying. And I just remember being in high school and being like, I I do that. Like, I think that. Like, that is what I think. You know, like, I'm so afraid of people looking at me. But yeah, I was such a little attention whore. I love people looking at me, but I loved controlling the narrative. It came back to control. Exactly. I wanted you to, like, it's, know me but not look at me. Uh, it's so hard. Uh, it's just so hard because I, if I were to do that exercise, even now, I oh, it'd be. I don't, I, I don't think I, I could. I, could I be I honest. I couldn't have. I couldn't. Yeah. I. I. That's. I wouldn't be honest. I wouldn't be honest. I would write down something that's like heartfelt, and I would control the narrative. Still, something I still am exactly. trying to work for, work through. But the thing that it came down to, what for at least for me in my own growth in this, the thing that has really helped me is pride. I realized that. And and someone said this once, and it was an, a a preacher that I was listening to, and she said, "How prideful are you to think that you're walking in the room and everyone is stopping everything that they have going on, all of their own problems, their own struggles, to be like, wow, let's let's look at her, and look at all all the things that are wrong with her." It's true. And I just had this moment where it kind of broke me, and I was like, "Shoot, like that is pride. Like, why why would I just assume that?" These people, they all have their own stuff going on. Like, why do they care what pant size I'm in? Now, it's me. This is me. Like, that's my own struggle. They don't care how much I ate today. And, like, and at least in my own experience, like, it was something that I would be very proud of. If I only ate a cucumber in a day, like, I was, that was a successful day. I still think about bragging to my family about the fact that I one day had celery sticks and cucumber for lunch. And I remember being like, and I am so full. <laughs> I know. And it becomes like a comp- it's like a competition with yourself. How and little can I eat and still survive? It's like so but I remember like I was so busy one day that like I had only eaten like lunch midday and like it was like I had had half a piece of cake. Yeah. Um and then like I think soup. And then I didn't eat anything the entire day. And I was like, I felt like I was going to throw a party. I was so excited. Yeah. And it's ridiculous to say out loud because like, oh, you had soup and half a piece of cake and you're really proud of yourself. Yeah. Um, but it like, it, it's like this whole, like, I've, I could finally control what I put in my mouth for the day Yeah, so much that it was little enough that, ugh. and it's like, I, I know how awful it is. It feels and I sickening know to say. It's sickening to say. And now it's when I was younger, I really like it. I had less awareness of what was going on and the effects and everything. Now as being an older person who still struggles with this sometimes, it's like, I know what to say so that people are not worried about me. Yeah. Yeah. I and know how to pretend. And I also like, and you learn through going through that and like you're figuring out how to pretend. I've also realized the things that make me trip up again and the like the triggers um, that like come up in my life about it. And for me, I I would control my eating so much that it turned into binge eating. Um, and John can get us that definition of what binge eating is. But it's like... In in my own experience, um, it's like uncontrollable eating, like restricting and then binging. So like you don't let yourself eat and then you eat like an absurd amount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's, it's essentially the definition. It looks like it just means that you frequently consume an unusual large amount of food in one sitting. And I think that's to get you further yeah. In between times that you eat. I yeah. Suppose. So it's like, it's like you've starved yourself and now, well, and it's also like, so for me, it was like an image thing, right? Cause I wanted people to, like, I was, like I said, an attention whore. So I wanted, I almost wanted people to notice how little I was eating. So then, like, I would, I would eat in secret. 
Like I would go and I'd have lunch with someone and I would order like a salad and eat half of it and like order an iced tea and drink like three sips. And then I would drive through McDonald's and pretend like I like this is like like I truly would do this. I would pretend to be on the phone with someone and order like an insane amount of food and be like, hold on, hold on. Let me see what they want. and Pretend to be talking to someone so that the people at McDonald's didn't think I was going to eat all of it. And then I would take the trash and I would go and I would throw it away like in the middle of the trash can so my parents didn't know I was eating that much. Oh. <laughs> it's, and it's stuff like that where you, it's like the shame of it and the guilt of it. But for me, it was like a control. It's like a strategy. Well, I think it's interesting too. Sorry, I'm going to cut in. No, I that's good. Well, it's interesting because the subject applies to both of you. So yeah. I feel like I'm learning a lot. But um, it's interesting that it's like it even surpasses to strangers like yeah. in the drive through. Like it's not just like a, the people I know and love. It's like I can't risk anybody knowing that I'm ordering this amount of food or even that I'm eating McDonald's yeah. altogether. Very interesting. Yeah. And, and it comes back to yeah. like I got very good at making it seem like I only ate half a meal a day, you know, and it's to the point where like I that was my biggest thing I would end up struggling with is like binging and it, and it's still like I knew it was really a problem like and I I and I had worked through like body image I had worked through like healthy eating because there's like there's a point and we'll get to this where we'll talk we'll talk about this in a second like of there is like a healthy point of like managing your way and like taking care of yourself and not like overeating yeah. and you know and like kind of finding that balance and how do you find that balance and I remember finally kind of getting to that point and then life got really stressful again and I had a, I had a dream. So I had been going through all these health issues trying to like and I was cutting stuff out not to lose weight but just to like figure out what was going wrong in my body and so like doctors would be like okay we'll try this and try that. And so in tune like it was triggering all these things of weight loss and then I was getting praised for that and that's one of my biggest triggers is when people are like oh my gosh you look great you you've been losing all this weight. And it's like, I'm not losing the weight because I want to. I'm losing it because I was sick. But then it triggered yeah. that like, oh, it's good. You should be losing weight. And it brought me right back to those things I struggled with so long ago. And I had this nightmare, like this such a vivid dream of binging. And I had like, and I was when I was living in Hawaii and I woke up and it wasn't until I was sitting at the table and one of my roommates pulled something out that I had in my mind, in my dream, had eaten. And she pulled it out of the fridge and I realized it had all been a dream. This like very vivid dream of wow. me going through the fridge and eating like eating other people's food, eating like all these snicker bars, like in random disgusting things that like aren't even good together, but you're just eating. And it, it like it really yeah. was this breaking moment where I was like, I need like, okay, to be restricting myself so heavily in the like name of health and finding out what's wrong with like my stomach and issues and all this stuff is not good for my mental health. Yeah. And like, I think that's the thing that is like a hard thing about disordered eating and like struggling with these things is it's not just like a health and a weight issue. It's like a mental health issue too. Yeah. Like you're like when you're going through it, you are sick in your head. It's just, there's no, there's no, better way to put it yeah it's just it's awful and I don't know it's this whole journey for me it's like it's hard because it, my like it evolves it's not something that like oh I'm an anorexic and I'm this is my firm diagnosis no I, I maybe for me like maybe when I was younger I was probably I was anorexic and had orthorexia but didn't that doesn't mean I didn't develop bulimia a little bit in, yeah. in high school like that's and, and you like, know in the no most inappropriate disorders. way like my my automatic joke because it's something that's so like close to me like my joke that like came like automatically I wanted to say was like well everyone struggles with bulimia a little bit right and like no that's just like deflection because it is like a serious thing that I've gone through and you know like and you've obviously gone yeah. through it and that's what makes it like hard to talk about sometimes too it's and and it's also one one disorder that like no one ever talks about is chewing and spitting. Oh yeah, chewing and spitting is uh, like it's not 
it's not a label. It's just chewing food. John's face is he's like, what? Yeah, it's the idea. And isn't this crazy? It's like the people who struggle with this stuff, like it's an unknown like secret language that we like have where it's like, oh, you did that too? Yeah, I did that too. It's like you get the flavor. The idea is to try to trick your body into thinking you swallowed it and you ate it. And you have the flavor in your mouth. So you get to enjoy the food. (laughs) But then you don't get the calories of the food. That exactly. Is... I it's not talked about, but it because it's just a common thread. It's just a yeah. it's like the the code underneath. And again, like this is this is Lauren and I's experience with this. You know, like yeah, there might be people who have struggled very hard with certain eating disorders, and you know, and they didn't kind of struggle with a array of them, or they haven't like broken from one, or they haven't yeah, did the whole chewing and spitting thing. That's true. I can only, I want to like, I guess I didn't really say this to the beginning, but I can only attest to my own personal journey. I, I think I, from like what I've read, I feel like it's a lot of it is common, a little bit of a common experience, but yeah. that does not in any way mean that it's everyone's experience. Yeah. And, yeah. um, well, that's like the Mandela effect where it's this idea of this, like this group effect that, you know, like, even if it's, even if it's like didn't actually happen, this whole group of people all feel like it happened. So like, even if you've struggled with it and maybe you didn't have that exact experience, Mm. you can like be brought into that. And you're like, oh, I know exactly what that feels like, even if I like haven't necessarily gone through it. Yeah, it says uh, the Mandela effect is described as a paranormal consultant, which basically means (laughs) false memory. Yeah. Most people, when they think of the Mandela effect, they think of like... Uh, well, it like, comes from... The whole idea is it comes from everyone thought um, Nelson Mandela died and he he, he didn't die. He was in prison for a yeah. lot of time. And right? then he became the president of South Africa. But like this whole... All these people like have this memory of him dying and this whole thing about him dying. And then it was like, no, he like currently was the president of a country. <laughs> like, yeah. And like people like put it like when there's like, oh, I didn't realize that there was an E in Cheez-Its like there was yeah, yeah. something or like it's like something yeah. about usually about packaging that people like, yeah. forget about. But I, but I think like, it, it can go way deeper. And I think this is one of those cases of where, <laughs> you know, like I think. I think it's it sounds like it's like a fabrication of like what a false memory wanted because it says Nelson Mandela did not die. Everyone thought he died in 1980 in <laughs> this prison. Is, this is now a Nelson Mandela podcast. Sorry, I, <laughs> I love it. it but much, no, everyone but thought he died. And he Mandela didn't. He like got did out. Not die. Well, no, I think. Now he is dead. It sounds like a fabrication. <laughs> like then. they wanted, they kind of wanted this hero story. So yeah. they like they all everyone like kind of group like built this and yeah then, and everyone just kind of assumed it because it kind of seemed like the best like the best story narrative almost yeah you know but interesting yeah but so yeah that yeah. kind of like that shared experience without it being spoken yeah it's i don't know it's it's anyone struggling with it knows it's it's just hard because even if like their smallest things can trigger you and it's like uh, I think uh, in the news there was something like about Demi Lovato and like some froyo thing that she was that triggered by. Like mm-hmm. I think that they were like marketing dieting foods, and for me, market them marketing like guilt-free candy does not trigger me at all. Yeah. But for her, it was incredibly hard and ruined her entire weekend. Yeah, and I like the there's different things that are triggers. And I, and like I was saying, for me, it's um, it's when, <laughs> when people like mention my weight, and it and it triggers me into like, the moment that I'm praised about being a certain size, it triggers me into being like, oh shoot, now this is good. Like I need to keep, like I need to keep this up. And it's stuff that you know, like, no matter how much growth you've done through this, like it's something that you have to figure out how to kind of like, I don't want to say like live with, but like in a way, yeah. It's like just I, the reality I, of having to have this like scar and this pain that you've gone through. Yeah. I don't think it's something that like ever truly goes away. Like it might not be as present in your life, but like the voices and the thoughts, they're never, they're never fully gone. 
And for me, like something that's always like triggered me, or at least recently has been, is seeing unflattering photos of myself. Um, it's like even if I took a good photo of myself, like the night before, like the same night that yeah. like I like, um, if I see like in a photo that is just incredibly unflattering, like I'm, it's like I can't even see that. Like yes, I'm hunched over three inches, and like the lighting is terrible, and like it's just a bad photo. It's like, it happens. I get get into this like shame spiral. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that like brings out this kind of interesting. Th- a question that you could have of like, well, does it start, you know, like, is, is a, is this kind of thing rooted in praise of others or like, you know, like the shame of yourself. And I think it, I think it kind of, yeah, it's like hard because it it switches, you know, it it can go back and forth yeah and it could start one way and switch to the other thing. And like, you never know. And, and um, it's hard too, because like, I don't know about you, but well, I guess I could just ask you like, how much power do you think the photos and like the memories you have of like times in which you were really struggle, like struggling and you can look at yourself, like how, how does that like have on your stability now? Like what effect does that have on you now looking at those things? Like, do you mean like looking at photos like the past me yeah, when I was, like, when seen, I was like in the thick of it? Have you, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, there's like a whole trend on TikTok. If you don't follow us on TikTok, you should follow us on TikTok anyway. Um, but there's like a whole trend of like, post like post a picture of a time where you thought you were fat oh yeah I've seen these it's hard because I, if anyone knows me throughout high school I was pretty much always like trying to lose weight um but it's I look back at photos of like when I was my skinniest and most of the time they're like I was like god I looked awful like look at that and then there was a time in my life when um, I think it was like the beginning of my senior year of high school. I was, it wasn't really, I was like very like healthy. I actually yeah. like wasn't in my, in my head about it. I was just like exercising a lot cause I played competitive tennis in high school and I was like eating well. Um, and I look back at those photos and I'm like, I wish I could get back to that. Yeah. I was fit. I was decently mentally healthy and healthy. Yeah. I think yeah, those are the things like, for whoa. me now. It's that in like, it's it's times that I'll notice myself. I, I catch myself in it. And it's funny because, yeah. like, you were sharing a story earlier with me about a time that you felt like you had made a comment and kind of, like, you were, you were not actually going through the thick of it, but you were just having, like, a rough day in it. And we were working yeah. together. And you said that you made a comment and I made a face, which is funny because I don't remember this at all. But I mean, it wasn't a face or, like, I just – you know when you, like – the vibe changes like there was a shift oh, yeah. in the air I read vibes and I could just vibes feel change. it yeah the vibe the vibe changed and it made me reflect I was like oh my god and it might have been inconsequential and like obviously I remember it and you don't but I it I just remember being like I imagine if someone had said that to you like you would because I would spend the entire yeah. day freaking out about freaking out and thinking overthinking and being sick yeah being sick about it and it's just it's funny because you were sharing that story and I was like it's and I almost put myself in your shoes like man like I've had moments like that where I've said something or like it like and if it's affected other people's but it's also crazy to think of like you could still read that I still get affected by it you know and I yeah. think it's kind of transitioned now where I don't I don't struggle with disordered eating necessarily, but I like to say that I have um I don't have a great relationship with food. That's like yeah. the term I use now. Yeah. I I don't know if I could say that I say each for me it's each day is its own day and I try my best each day to get through it as best as I can. Yeah. It's hard because I would say especially this year, like I've become a quite mentally healthy person or at least mentally aware. And I feel like strong and I have my own views and I'm, I feel good about myself. But then every day when I'm dealing with this, it's like, I feel so weak because I deal with this and because I could so easily 
it's so easy for me to slip up. And I also like, even on good days, like I can still mentally beat up on myself. Just eating a normal diet doesn't mean I look in the mirror and I'm happy. Yeah. and Or I'm okay with it. But I I think also that comes with like growth, right? Is I was telling this to um, someone yesterday of the sense of, you know, like if you start, if you start trying to grow towards the, like the darkness, you're not going to like, if you don't grow through, if you don't grow towards the light and you start leaning the other way, like eventually you die, you know, like it's those kind of things where it's like a conscious decision that's like, oh, I'm leaning a little bit today. So like tomorrow I need to lean more towards the light or I need to just like be kinder to myself or, you know, like, I don't know about you. Are there, is there anything that you do that helps you feel more empowered and like you like that helps remind you of the growth that you've come and how far you've come in this? Uh, Yeah, I would. Well, it's hard because for me, it's something I'm not, uh, I, this is growing pains. And sometimes like today, it feels like a day where I'm, it's very painful. Like the, this is growing and this is painful. Like I'm not, I'm not on the other side of it a hundred percent. And I don't know if I'll ever like really like reach the finish line, but today, but I don't know, there are things that keep me like, keep my head on straight, which may not be like in the long term like the most mentally healthy that I'm like working on. But like thinking about like, if someone, I literally think about, okay, well I'm this size in my jeans. If someone I'm still me, nothing has changed. Like I'm even if I go up a size, if I not like, yeah. That's not people aren't friends with me because I'm I'm this size in my jeans. Like yeah. literally, no one could give two shits. Yeah, besides me. Literally yeah, no, no one, one cares. No, I just I have to forget my like I have to forget my pride. Yeah, and like it's hard. Um, because again, it's because the way you look in society matters, and yeah, to some and degree, I mean, which is terrible. What a like. I think what an amazing I'm so, like I don't know about you I'm so grateful that I have struggled through this and I'm I'm not gonna say like I'm on the total other side because I still would say that I don't have a great relationship with food but like I I look at you know the cultural you know icons of today like the Demi Lovato's the Lizzo's these people who are like really speaking out about body image and even um you know like there was I want to say her name's Ariel Winters who like spoke out about getting like a breast reduction and um, the other girl who plays her sister on, on a uh, modern family. And I want to say Sarah, her Highland. Sarah Highland who spoke out against body image because she had a kidney infection and they, everyone was talking, telling her how she like was looking fat and you could tell that she looked pregnant or something. And she was like, it's like, it's an illness I have. Like you, you basically in, in some easy terms, you sick fucks. Like, and Jonah Hill recently yeah. was praised because of this, you know, like, oh uh, yeah. And the reality is, it's, like, people are finally just breaking, and like, it's sad that it's coming to this point where it's like, these people have to use their platforms, their creative platforms, where they're they're making art and they're, you know, these are their professions to be like, you need to stop doing this because it's hurting people. And even like, yeah. I praised Lizzo because she she literally came out and was like, I don't want to be known because I'm fat like I I want to be known because I make good music and she does make bomb music Lizzo sponsor she makes great. <laughs> Lizzo be Lizzo. on the podcast manifest destiny let's have it happen oh please um but yeah no each day and then coming from again like there are dark days but then I think about like how far I've come and how more it, this year I've become so much more aware and I feel like that's the first step. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm like, I, I escape into music a lot as yeah. a lot of people do with their emotions. And I, I just try and think about like, I just try and think of like, how can I be healthy yeah. and like what the definition of health is. And like, there are some days where I eat like total crap and that's totally fine. And like, I mean, like, I, not like I don't eat. I mean, like, I like eat food that is terrible for me and I end up feeling shitty. Yeah. The but next sometimes day, that makes you, like, mentally healthier. Yeah. And, like, and you know what? The next day, I will eat my full three meals and I will eat healthy Seven. and I'll just get back on track. Yeah. Seven. 
some salad. I do need to be. I, oh, I want no. to be that person who likes salad, but like I never eat salad. But, okay. I do not like lettuce. Yeah, it's something like find the things that are good for you, you like. good for your body, and that you enjoy. Yeah, because health is a balance. Because like I, you, it's not healthy to eat McDonald's every day. It, no. it just yeah, statistically if, for your watch super size so me you if die. you want to see what that does. Terrifying. Ooh, it's not good for you. But like you know what everything is okay in moderation. Yeah. I, I think that's something I struggle with. It's like, if I don't eat it now, then like, it's going to be gone. Yeah. And so I got to meant- shove it all in my yeah. mouth. That's like a total um, thing that I've always thought about of like, when, well, well, once I have to like, and that's something I consciously have to tell myself when I'm like yeah. feeling craved to like eat all of the egg rolls that came to the table or any, you know, like all that stuff where it's like, you can always come back and order these egg rolls or like, this is exactly. not gonna disappear from the earth you can find another cookie another time like you don't have to eat all of them you know like all those things but yeah it's so interesting too because I that part specifically like I could think about that but in the culture of my household like it's if if you don't eat it right away it will be gone oh yeah you got brothers it's like eat or be eaten I would Oh no, my brother! I love my brothers. They have they are healthy eaters. Yeah, they like eat normally. It is my but parents. They it's like it's eat even like with our Halloween candy as kids. Like we had two days to eat it, and then hey, my mom was chucking. But it. I think like, but I know for me at least, like I I struggle when things sit around. So like when I like and it's, I like, it's too, finding yeah. that balance of like, okay, well like I I can't buy these certain things because if they're in the house, I'll eat them and I'll feel sick, and I know it's just like you know. But I think that's something that, like, finding out about yourself and, like, learning those things for you takes time. And it's everyone's individual journey. And that's part of the growth and the growing pains. And I, you know, as, like, we're kind of wrapping this up, like, I'm just, like, so proud of even, like, the conversations we had. Obviously, I haven't known you necessarily through the thick of it. But being even, like, for you to be able to share stories and open up about how far you've come has been like really inspirational and it's like heartwarming. And I think that there's power in stories and I think, you know, struggle produces strength. And I think that there is growth from growing pains, you know, that's, that's the heart behind this. And, you know, like, I think the big question that I would want to ask you is um, if you could talk to Lauren, younger Lauren, who's in the middle of all this, what would you tell her? Well, first off, I would give her a hug. She definitely needed it for many, many reasons. Wow. I said I wasn't going to cry. Oh, um, don't cry. Get over but it. But I would fine. just say, uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Got to do that. Um, I don't know what I would say to her. I would say that as there's dead air in a podcast, oof. Um, it's a dramatic pause, it's hard not dead air. I dramatic pause. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just w- tell her to, to be, to be kind, to be kind to yourself and to just, to just focus on, I think for the longest time, just in general, like I didn't really focus on the right things. I mean, like you're a kid, you do stupid things, but, um, I, I didn't ever like take time for myself and like really think about my actions, what does this mean? And like, think about it and really reflect as much as I do now. And I just say, reflect on my actions and the effects of everything that I do in like, again, like, as I've said so many times throughout this podcast, it's a battle. And I, um, and if I hadn't, I don't know, I can't imagine not going through it. It's hard. I would, I just want to give her a hug. But yeah. I feel like a part of me, it's just, it was something that was in the cards for me to go through. And it's just like now what I was tra- saying kind of before, like uh, having things in the house and uh, I came to New York and I'm seeing my friend who has very normal eating habits, like it has things in moderation and I'm trying to learn and yeah. be better, but it, I don't know. I'm okay with having my battle scars because one, it made me a stronger person, um, and two, it's just, this isn't the cards for who I was. It's just got to be kind to myself in the future. Yeah. I think I think that is definitely wisdom that anyone struggling with this or even just people who haven't, you know, I think we can all relate to that. And 
Man. Lauren, thank you. Be kind. Yeah, be kind. Be kind to yourself (laughs) and to others and be considerate. Lauren, thank you so much. I know that it is three hours ahead. I'm sure it is extremely late where you're at. And Eh, I know. It's not too bad. We're at 1115. Oh, perfect. But (laughs) thank you so much for coming (laughs) on again and, you know, just sharing your story and having this conversation. I know this is something that is vulnerable and I mean, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but it's, um, it's, it's vulnerable for sure. That's, it's really putting yourself out there in your own struggles and kind of airing the crap that you've gone through. And I am glad that I shared this experience of going through this and like, you know, sharing the wisdom we've had from growing through it with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for giving me the platform to talk about this and I'm so glad to be back and I'm so glad to be a part of the Growing Pains team. Aww. You you and John and everyone is Okay, let's the best. not get him too big of a head. He's not that great, okay? It's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk to you guys later.